Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for December 20th, 2020, the fourth Sunday in Advent, the last Sunday before Christmas. Uh, and uh, Bruce, how are you? I'm good. Yeah. I haven't found fruitcake yet, but that's that'll be pretty easy to find. Is that something you buy for people? You no, for myself. To? I'm, you know, I'm the one human being in North America who actually likes fruitcake. You know, all that fruitcake was made in, uh, in 1986, and we're just living off the supply of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, each year I eat a little more of it down. <laughs> so probably about the time I die, there'll be a need to make some more. <laughs> Especially right, if I so die of fruitcake. <laughs> fruitcake poisoning. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, Bruce, you're the one. Um, <laughs> I'm the one. That's kind of amazing how big the displays are of fruitcake, considering everyone says they don't like it. Uh, yeah, I have to admit, I am not on board with it. Um, uh, you stand alone here, uh, mm-hmm. at least on this podcast. Uh, and... Um, I guess it does beg the question: Why uh, <laughs> is this? Was it like a something that you had growing up, and it reminds you of childhood? Yeah. Is it something? It's something my grandfather just... and I would eat together because we were the only two who liked it. Even back then, it was yes. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so this is not a new development. This is it oh, has no. always been. In fact, when my grand grandfather died the second Christmas after he died, not the first, my mom said, do I really have to buy fruitcake? <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> is it just the men in your family? I'm wondering if this is genetic. Um, you know, it could be because, well, I don't think, I don't, rem- I don't think my son likes it. Um, and I'm almost positive my, yeah, I don't think it's being passed along through genes. Okay. I think I think this was definitely um, nurture rather than nature. Gotcha. Brainwashing. Got it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, you do like the fruitcake. Um, <laughs> and also, I still enjoy the herring in onion and sour cream sauce that is very Norwegian. And All right. I. <laughs> I will actually give you that. Uh, I, I, on 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 the description, I think most people would be like, "No, absolutely, absolutely not." Um, I I actually tried that once, and that was a uh, pretty tasty. I, I actually enjoyed that. Yeah, and and what's one nice thing about living in the Midwest is it's widely available because of yeah. all the Scandinavians uh, heritage out here. California, sometimes I had to go to a few different stores to find it. Hmm. Yeah, now I, I wouldn't necessarily pair that with the holiday season in my head, uh, although I know that that is part of it. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, for me, it's be... just part of the resurrection of our gotcha. ethnic heritage foods at the holiday sort of thing. It's it, And it probably makes more sense in cold weather, the flavor combinations. The, the way my, I think it was my son was the one who came up with this description. It's like onion dip with some slimy stuff in it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that if it was ever uh, boxed and packaged uh, expressly, uh, that's like going on the front of it. Yeah. <laughs> Just so no one, no one listening feels like they have to go find it and taste it yeah. now. You this now will know. make it fly off the shelves. <laughs> if you like slimy stuff, and I do, 
then and you like onion dip, then you should try it. <laughs> Otherwise, don't worry. Yeah, go if with a smoked salmon. That that's something we can yeah. pretty much all agree on. Locks, whatever name you call it by. Absolutely, that's also absolutely. very Norwegian. Yeah, if you're a texture kind of person, maybe not the dip. Uh, right. <laughs> it is. Yeah, that part. That part you have you have to get through. Um, yeah. And make sure you use lots of mouthwash afterwards. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I, I think I'm going to take this whole podcast in a completely different direction. We're going to do a Please. Norwegian Christmas talk. Uh, <laughs> oh, I thought you were next... going to rescue me from this rabbit hole. Oh no, no, we're gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you a shovel and a and a spade, uh, and we're gonna see how <laughs> how deep a, this a goes. Tunnel drilling machine. We'll see how deep we go. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, I, we we do have. Uh, I was originally going to comment on how. Um, uh, uh, how distant your voice got when I asked when, how how you were doing, uh, and then you mentioned fruitcake, and we went down the uh, yeah. that rabbit hole. It did sound to me your initial response sounded like uh, 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 um, how resigned you are as to how much uh, how many how many pieces and parts you have to put together here for our Christmas services. Yeah. Uh, probably this week. There's 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 a lot of recording you will be doing here uh, very soon. We've got. I'll be uh, drinking a lot of tea to keep my voice going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, um, it's it. it uh, we've got uh, to plug it up front. Uh, we, so we've got this yeah. Sunday, uh, this Sunday's worship uh, service, which will release on YouTube at uh, four p.m. on Saturday, and then there's the nine o'clock uh, Facebook watch party, and on then Sunday. we've got uh, our Christmas Eve service that will Says. release <laughs> services. Yes. <laughs> that will release earlier on Christmas Eve. And then you've got a Christmas morning service, like jammy. Yeah. One. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, on, on Christmas morning, kind of like a jammy church Zoom gathering. Uh, and then you have another Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> right around the corner um, uh, on the 27th, which will be released that Saturday. Yeah, at the 4 26th. So, um, <clears throat> Boxing Day in Canada. Anyway. Yes, Boxing Day. Um, so a huge thank you uh, to, uh, I mean, I know it's your job, so, but I mean, still, uh, around Christmas and Easter, I still think that there are thank yous to be given. And a huge thank you to all the, the other uh, uh, participants uh, yeah. who uh, um, are recording and doing uh, pieces and parts for the church services and the uh, uh, the 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 angel tree uh, operation mm -hmm. that the church has put together, uh, uh, gathering together gifts for a family. Uh, I mean, it, it's just uh, there's 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 a lot of love uh, um, being put into good work uh, yeah. uh, right now in the season, and uh, we thank you all for it. So yeah, and uh, thank you, Ben, for all your work on assembling those videos to create oh, beautiful services. I was gonna say I was gonna say something wrong, and I was gonna say, uh, "Oh, I'm just be a behind the scenes person." But I guess that's you know legitimately not true. People see yeah. me on every service, yeah, so, anyways. Yeah, you sing so beautifully on them. Yeah, it's uh, a, a a little known fact. I actually hire a guy out of uh, out of Seattle uh, to dub the voice in. Um, it's really not me. Genius. <laughs> yes. Yes. I get it from him. I offshore it uh, to uh, our, our team in Malaysia who then uh, 
puts it together, packages it, and then emails it back to me. So And yeah, seamlessly, so all of us think you're doing it at your yeah. kitchen table. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly right. I've had you all fooled this whole time. That's right. Um, months. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, um, uh, I am one of the one of the many of, of the uh, the churchgoers who will be very actually quite quite relieved to go back to in person. Yeah. <laughs> when the time comes, uh, while I'll still have things to do. Uh, it will take significantly less time. <laughs> Same for me. Yeah. Yeah. And, so. and of course, the, the wonderful um, benefit of actually being able to worship in person is energizing in, in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, it, uh, um, it might, it might, uh, str- it, it might even be strange uh, and newly invigorating. Um, considering how much time we've had away um, or, and even the, the, the few in-person quote unquote in-person services that we were able to do still weren't again, quote unquote normal. So no, not even um, close. <clears throat> so it will be, it will be, uh, it, it might be uh, the silver lining might be like, Oh uh, yeah, you know what? This, this feels familiar yet new and uh, um invigorating i hope or you know what some people might be like you know i really liked it better when i didn't have to see ben in person (laughs) (laughs) well and we'll keep that option because exactly you've done a lot of work on getting the remote capability up to date so that we'll be able to live stream when we're back in the building yeah yeah so uh yeah i'm looking forward to to uh to that that will uh that will maintain and, 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 and keep up. Um, and, uh, and, uh, you'll be able to experience, uh, experience God and each other, however, however works best for you. And sometimes that answer will differ week to week. Uh, oh, yeah. So, um, uh, it'll be, uh, it'll be good. It'll be a good option. So, um, well, let's move over to our word of the day. Um, and Bruce, originally, I w- actually, I'm going to do a quick side question. Um, one of the words in the Episcopal Dictionary of the Church uh, website is um, uh, wine, which I thought was funny. Um, so I was just going to mention that to you and say, I thought about making today's word wine and seeing how you define it versus the the Dictionary of the Church defining it. But uh, it, it's, it predictably goes into communion. Um, so, <laughs> See, and I was uh, going to make a, a joke with the possible pun of saying it's what people do when the sermon is too long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, the joke would then continue and I would tell you, uh, uh, too long, too short, too deep, <laughs> too shallow, uh, uh, or, or when it occurs at all. Uh, it seems as though there's a, there's a wine for everyone. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, but no, today I chose instead wisdom literature. Ooh, ooh, that's what? a fun one. Yeah. Um. Okay. Before the birth of Christ, th- so you know, way back, <laughs> mm-hmm. there was, um, for lack of a, just use a summary term, a spiritual movement within Judaism that focused on the wisdom of God and mm-hmm. this sometimes was personified in a female 
character, so to speak, as shown in the book of Proverbs. Um, sometimes it was just as one of the characters, characteristics of God. And Christians sometimes go back or look back and say, well, that, that was the first description of the Holy Spirit, and maybe it was. Um, but it produced a body of literature within the Bible, um, mm -hmm. again, like Proverbs and other places, and also outside the Bible as well. And to this day within Judaism, there's still a very strong wisdom tradition that draws upon this literature and has developed various insights and spiritual practices and other things uh, since it's now been well over 2,000 years since the movement started. Um, and in some ways, it harkens within current Christianity to um, various meditation practices and things like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, all, all of all of what you said uh, is true uh, and, and, and correct. Good job. You get an A+, plus, a gold yeah, star. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but it, it is, it is, uh, primarily identified as Old Testament, uh, um, books, mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, the books of Proverbs, Job and Ecclesiastes. And then, uh, apparently there's a term for those three, which is the, the Koheleth, uh, Q-O-H-E-L-E-T-H. Uh, but they also, um, uh, include in these wisdom literature writings uh, a couple of uh, books of the Apocrypha, mm -hmm. um, uh, Ecclesiasticus, which is also mm -hmm. known as the Wisdom of Jesus, the Son of Sirach, and the Wisdom of Solomon. Mm -hmm. um, naturally, wisdom's in the title, um, <laughs> but uh, and and they do point out that the it, it contrasts from other parts of the Old Testament, such as the Pentateuch and the former and latter prophets, which really stress. Um, uh, in their words, which stress God's initiative in revealing the divine nature and will for his people um, and really does go into um, um, more, uh, the, the wisdom literature goes into concepts about like a, um, a family and clan, tribe, um, um, inner workings about, you know, um, how to treat a child as a parent mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, things that were a little bit more like everyday, not edicts or, or the 10 commandments or anything, but just like every day about, um, how we interact as, as, as individuals. So it's, it's, uh, it, it, it is interesting to then kind of separate. Yeah. The, those types of writings that are, that are, uh, um, fall along this watershed concept of are you more or are you more into uh god's divine nature and 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 um, uh, prophets trying to correct um the entire group's behavior as it relates to god or is it more wisdom based and and uh um um everyday uh, uh kind of kind of writings which are kind of interesting so um and sort of like what we were talking about last time there's the wisdom literature tends to be it. The wisdom literature is, or scriptures that an individual can apply to his or her own life, mm -hmm. whereas the body of the Bible is, for the most part, communal. Right. Yeah, for humanity as a whole. Yeah. yeah. So mm -hmm. that in the wisdom literature is where we see individualism as part of spiritual concept coming into the scriptures. 
Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, there's wisdom. Uh, wisdom literature was your word of the day. And I will point out that we have uh, one more podcast for the end of the year. Um, and as promised, uh, next week's uh, word will be our last quote unquote word of the day. And then I'm going to start picking out some of these people uh, to go into to go into uh, stories of individuals. So you'll have to brush up on your on your um, history on on uh, um, religious figures that might be that might appear in the Episcopal dictionary of the church. Um, so I, I have a feeling I might start stumping you a little bit more. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be fun. Um, so it'll be the the person of the day rather than the word of the day. Exactly. Exactly or na- right. Or the name of the day if we want it to be a little sing songy. There you go. The name of the day. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, rest assured, it will not be like Saint Peter, Saint Paul, uh, <laughs> Thomas Aquinas. Darn. You know these. You know the easy ones. We're gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna go. We're gonna go down some rabbit holes, so it should be kind of fun. Um, let's move over to our readings for the day, then. And our first uh, reading is from the book of Second Samuel, chapter seven, verse one through eleven and sixteen. Now, when the king was settled in his house, and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him, the king said to the prophet Nathan, See now, I am living in a house of cedar, but the ark of God stays in a tent. Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that you have in mind, for the Lord is with you. But that same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan, Go and tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, Are you the one to build me a house to live in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day, but I have been moving about in a tent and a tabernacle. Wherever I have moved about among all the people of Israel, did I ever speak a word with any of the tribal leaders of Israel, whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now, therefore, thus you say, shall, goodness, Thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, to be prince over my people Israel. And I have been with you wherever you went, and have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them, so that they may live in their own place, and be disturbed no more and evildoers shall afflict them no more, as formerly, from the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel, and I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares that you, to you that the Lord will make you a house. Your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. Um, so, First and Second Samuel, are they the same author? Sort of. Are they sort of? <laughs> we with for, they are considered one of a piece, a single piece. Okay. Um, and yet we aren't sure who wrote it, and mm-hmm. it may be that it had a number of different authors because it's um, it's old, but mm-hmm. also it seems like it was edited at different eras, particularly as the, um, what we now call, what 
Christians call the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures, were being coalesced into a, a single body, a single collection. So, hmm. um, it, it's a First, Second Samuel are a single work, but we don't really know who wrote it, and we aren't completely sure when it started to be written. It seemed like it was finished, as in finished being worked on, probably during the time of the exile in Babylonia. Okay. And one of the interesting things that it would not be evident from the little snippet we have here is that it called it, one of the major themes that occurs in the first half and well in first Samuel and then also the first part of second Samuel is a pretty strong cynicism about the kingship of that Israel received. Um, mm. And it, some people may remember that people repeatedly prayed to God for a good, strong king like all their neighbors had. And God kept saying, you don't want that. It only leads to trouble. And there were these fa fascinating conversations back and forth. And eventually um, God gives in and sure enough leads to nothing but trouble. And that's in many ways what the perspective of first Samuel and the first part of second Samuel hold that even. Mm. And so, um, this passage works well with this particular Sunday because we're thinking about, um, Jesus's lineage back to David, mm. but it's mm. actually kind of tongue in cheek because anyone reading this or hearing it for the first time while they're in exile would say, yeah, that didn't work out. <laughs> in fact, the mm -hmm. um, kingdom did not last forever and the house of David did not last forever. So mm -hmm. even as it's being written down, this prophecy is, has been broken, has gone unfulfilled. Interesting. Yeah. Now, I, it, it also seems to me that this is about, um, this is kind of like a conversation that's taking place about building the temple. Is it right? Not? I mean, okay. it is. Yeah. Okay. So the so the king points out, hey, look, I'm I'm living in the house of cedar, which is you know basically a, I'm living in a nice place, right? But the ark of God, the the ark of the covenant, uh, the 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 uh, the a religious artifact uh, uh, is out there on a field in a tent. Something ain't right here, <laughs> right? I mean, right. is that the kind of you know our priorities aren't really straight? Well, um, yeah. And. What part of the, the context of that that's crucial to know is that God very much resisted having any kind of structure built to honor God mm. as, a, as a place of worship um, or whatever. Because, again, that'll just get you off track, guys. It's better that you keep mm -hmm. in mind how people are basically wanderers throughout their lives. And similarly, I will always wander with you. I will never leave you. I won't be stuck in one place. Right. And so folks had been trying to get permission from God to build a temple because all their neighbors had one for their gods. And people were always saying, why is your place of uh, worship one of your most important artifacts just kept in a tent? Uh, and eventually God gave in and said, okay, you can build a temple which then got destroyed multiple times. Right. I was just going to say, like, famously, 
does not work out. Yeah, does <laughs> it, not work out either, uh, and it becomes at least the way the, the way that the, in, as intended. Yeah, right. It, uh, they, at they least went, had to go back to wandering, and it leads people leads faithful Jews astray in terms of the corruption of the temple, on and on. Um, so yes, it, it it's talking about the building of the temple, and um, again, that doesn't work out well either. <laughs> right. Um. So is this the beginning of like God giving in to this, or is this God saying, "Hey, no, 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 that's not the point." It it yes, it's basically the beginning of God giving in. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, that, that shift in perspective, not shift in perspective, but more of a well, you've asked for it. <laughs> You have you have free will. You can build this if you really want to, but you shouldn't. <laughs> You're going to regret it. Yeah. Um, so this is so uh, the equivalent of God giving in to the annoying child uh, who is whining for something. Uh huh. And uh, um, and then um, just a. Uh, um, deciding that this will be a teaching moment, like fine, whatever you're yeah. gonna, you know, it's not gonna, you're, you're not gonna be happy, <laughs> but you know, if it'll get you to shut up, <laughs> <laughs> then <laughs> okay. <laughs> sort of. No, does that does, do, does that does that not convey the correct relationship between God and His people? Exactly, especially um, in the very lively relationship that the more interesting parts of the Hebrew Scriptures have. It, it does describe it. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, um, it, <laughs> but you, yours are, just sounded a little more vengeful. <laughs> oh, I got you. I got you. Yeah, I mean, we are uh, at the end of the day quite. Uh, 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 quite a whiny people. I mean, that's just kind of that's a, that's just, the condition of the human race. It seems, yeah. That's just that's just kind of fact. Uh, uh, I whine all the time. I don't know who listens to this who who, who might think that they don't. Um, good on you, but uh, <laughs> I'm a whiner uh, <laughs> through and through. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, so that because um, it really is. I I I, I've, I think I've said this before, but it really is the, uh, in, in a lot of circumstances, the, the perfect description of our relationship, the concept of God, the father and we, the children, um, really does hit a lot of nails on the head <laughs> as, yeah. as, as far as how the, the relationship, uh, uh, has worked over, over the millennia. So um, there, and maybe it's just because I'm as I get older, I see things from my I can't help but see things from my perspective. There's also though a way in which it's not necessarily young children; it could be adult children. Oh, for sure. That it, okay. in some yeah, ways yeah, it yeah. might be easier to imagine ourselves <laughs> as the the 25 year old who thinks. Oh, I know the, all the ways of the world now. Parents, you don't have anything to teach me. Uh, right. In some ways, that might be a, a, a more accurate image of the human race's dealings with God through the scriptures. Yeah. 
I mean, like and, like and, Peter telling Jesus, "No, that being that getting crucified thing, bad idea." Let me explain to you why. <laughs> you know, like it's easy to picture a twenty-five-year-old doing that to a parental figure. Yeah, no, you're not wrong there. Uh, um, and, and 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 in a way, uh, in a lot of ways, I think that's still kind of where we're at. Oh yeah. Um, um, a lot of like, okay, well, this was nice two thousand years ago, but. Um, yeah, let me let, right. let me tell you about iPhones, God. <laughs> let, yeah, let, let me learn you something here yeah. about how the way the world works. <laughs> right. Like, eh, not that different. <laughs> no, no. Still, still have things to learn. Uh, still have experiences to experience. Um, anything else about this uh, reading from Second Samuel? Uh, the the one thing I'll say is that First and Second Samuel, I think, are two of the most readable books in the Hebrew scriptures. So if hmm. it's a great play because a lot of people are familiar with at least some of the characters mentioned. And there's, mm -hmm. there's, it's, it's like an action movie. There's sex, hmm. there's violence, there's betrayal, all sorts of things happen. And, uh, so power struggles, uh, political intrigues, just among the humans. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, it's one of those things that if you ever thought to yourself, you know, I really should read some of that first part of the Bible. This this is actually a great place to start, first and second Samuel. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, um, so yeah, you heard it here first. Uh, New York Times bestseller, first and second Samuel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as you heard, uh, uh, Bruce just read the inside jacket cover. Um, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story to solidify this it first and second Samuel basically has David as one of its central characters. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. when I was first ordained, the church I was serving as an assistant had a K through sixth school and the principal of the school, and I was chaplain for it. And the principal of the school said, you know, we, we've been doing the life of Jesus and things like that during chapel. I think it'd be great for the kids to hear the life of some other people. So how about David? And <laughs> my reaction was, have you ever looked at the life of David? <laughs> He's right. He, yeah. He is not your upstanding citizen. <laughs> and his story is rated R. <laughs> Right. And she kept insisting. So I had to f figure out a way to make the life of David palatable and not uh, traumatizing to elementary school students. And it was not easy. I, I would be interested in seeing the rated G slash PG version that you were able to come up with. Um, but yeah, no, you're not wrong. In, in a way, David is a, David is one of the more, human characters yes, of the bible definitely he really does embody us all in some way shape or form as far as um high highs and some low lows mm -hmm. <laughs> so, very much so yeah again that's um, that's why i recommend diving into the bible there first well then you know what uh i think i think we have a i think we have a bible study here on our hands maybe so um uh, uh not for the kids though i think no <laughs> I need, I think we need the straightforward tell it as it is version of first uh, and second Samuel. So Other, otherwise, it gets really boring. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, did you did, did you sit down with the kids and like okay, so there was this guy David, uh, yada yada yada, yeah, and then this thing happened. <laughs> Somewhere I might still have a stack of 
index cards that were my notes for that. I, I should see if I can find. I would be curious. That would be yeah. cool to see. That'd be really cool to see. Sort of, sort of like a voice from the grave, but <laughs> hey, other than hey. that, it could be interesting. Your younger self uh, speaking uh, uh, after thirty something years. That's right. That's right. So I'd be curious to see those two. Um, well, let's move on to our very short uh, second reading in the New Testament, Romans chapter sixteen, verse twenty-five through twenty-seven. Now to God, who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but is now disclosed, and through the prophetic writings is made known to all the Galatians, uh, sorry, to the, all the Gentiles, <laughs> uh, according to the command of the eternal God, to bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever. Amen. Uh, this is the end of Romans, right? Right. This is the very end? Uh, yeah. Like, almost literally it the is, end of it? It is literally the closing verses. Um, there's a lot in here. It's almost... Uh, I was almost going to call it a creed, but it's not quite a creed. Um, the word you're looking for is doxology. Doxology. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um... So, um, the, it is interesting. Some of the wording that he uses, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but is now disclosed. What is he referring to specifically here? The mystery that has been revealed. Well, it, is it, first of all, the Messiah? No, there's lots is of disagreement. I'll, I'll start there. of death. Okay, good. Um, because I like disagreement. There's a lot to be said about that. It's 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 such a general phrase phrasing that it could be it depends what your preconception is. So mm -hmm. for those of us who are Trinitarian Christians, it's easy to say that this is Paul affirming the preexistence of Christ uh, from the beginning you know, that Christ was always in God. We just didn't mm -hmm. get to see that until he was incarnate on earth. Um, mm. Others say that it's part of the wisdom tradition, that unless you really spend time quietly contemplating who God is in a very deep way, you'll most of so much is hidden away um mm -hmm. and so yeah there's some say that this is paul's showing of his um wisdom slash um meditative side others are saying this is simply a doxology taken from christian worship and popped on here so that the letter had a better closing um, hmm. in part because this is the, the only one of the Pauline letters that has a doxology at the end and not okay. all of the yeah. early scrolls that we've been able to find has it. Huh. I mean, it is wordy enough to be Paul. <laughs> yes. So, 
I mean, whoever wrote it, you got that at least. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, okay, yeah, that, that's kind of interesting. So there are versions of the 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 the, the writings of Romans that do do not contain this this, this right. section, right? Interesting. And you know, it's all good theology, so there's no controversy about including it. And mm -hmm. it it's been included for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, but the very but some of the very earliest copies, so to speak, that we have do not include it. And again, Paul never ended one of his letters with a doxology, anything close to this. And since he tended right. to recycle pieces and wanted to be consistent, well, I don't know if he wanted to be consistent. That's me reading into it. He seemed like he wanted to be consistent with how he wrote and what imagery he used. And... Right. Um, how he closed letters. Usually it closed with personal greetings, which are in the verses be just before this. It, it's pretty easy to yeah. see that this was an add-on. Yeah, I, I, I would be inclined to agree. It, it, the, the additional um, factor would be version. Uh, it, it is odd for writings to have, to, to have different versions without, uh, it would have to imply that it was in the earlier versions dropped off uh, mm -hmm. somehow or in some of those versions dropped off and there's usually not an an edit that way just because of the way uh manuscripts got copied um during that period of time right it, it was it was a they were calculated by by uh by character in fact uh if i if i remember my it wasn't so much a study but the couple of things that i've seen and, and read about it was that the they they had like almost like the equivalent of a word count. Yeah. And that was, that was so, one way of proofreading it. Right. And, and copying it verbatim was kind of part, part, you know, part of it. So, um, uh, it does seem odd that a, a, something would be omitted from writings. Um, especially if it's non, it's, nothing in here is confrontational, nothing in, in here. It would be, um, right. um, potentially blasphemous or you know um blood curdling <laughs> as far as like like yeah, oh my gosh it doesn't well, we reflect, can't have this in here it, it really <laughs> so, doesn't reflect any particular controversy at the time no one's right yeah no one's making a, a theological statement with this that's not found easily in other places and again yeah. non-controversial right Right, so that is interesting that it, that uh, it, it probably got popped on there at the end. Uh, I, I mean, I, I kind of like it, um, but then that really does uh, then throw the mystery of the mystery uh, reference uh, into greater speculation because then it would depend on who penned it and who who then did attach it and what that person's intentions were uh, for writing such words. Um, so it's, that, that's kind of interesting as, as to as to that background of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's um, it is it, it's very interesting um, uh, doxology. Uh, I also very much like the wording here to bring about the obedience of faith, which is if you if you think about it, kind of like a it's one of those phrases where you're like. What do you mean by that, actually? Because uh, obedience is following, you know, direction uh, uh, to the letter, right? And faith 
really is more <laughs> about the abstract uh, uh, in, in its in its essential concept. It, it's 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 a uh, uh, trust in things unproven, <laughs> really. Yeah. It, uh, so it's kind of interesting. That's an interesting phrase uh, that that struck me. Yeah, the the Greek word there can be used can also be translated as submission. Okay. And so it's it's the the meaning of the 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 three words together is to really let go of your own preconceptions of how the world and God should work and instead mm. submit yourself to the faith that is now being revealed through Christ. Okay. The reality yeah, that of makes... God that's being revealed. Right. So I like that better. I think to to submit yourself, yeah, to, and especially if you're writing to um, the Romans, and especially if you're writing to people who have, um, ironically, we used a we kind of used the word here uh, in our in our word of the day. Kind of the wisdom literature mm -hmm. literature would very much mean uh, a lot to the Greeks, right? Uh, because it would be. Um, uh, logical and 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 kind of centered and focused in that way, and trying to convince a group of people who are very logic based uh, into the realm of faith uh, seems like a, a at times might be a tall order, uh, and you would really have to you know commit yourself to the process of not have to not not having a logical explanation for everything. Um, yeah. Yeah, so though the Romans be... were sloppier than the Greeks about that. <laughs> right, yeah, I, guess, I suppose that's true. The... <laughs> I like that phrase, sloppier than the Greeks. <laughs> um, um, yeah, they weren't, they weren't as, um, yeah, they weren't as, uh, I suppose, committed? Um, yeah, and you to, know, to they, they weren't as rigorously attached to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, the okay. Romans were famous at that time. The Roman Empire was famous for picking and choosing what they wanted out of the different cultures that they encountered and conquered, uh, and so yeah, it, and so they yeah they just weren't as rigorous about um, following the dictates and patterns of Greek logic, mm -hmm. and you can see yeah. this in how they transform how the, how they adapted some of the myths from greek theology the, the their whole multi multi-god system it got a lot sloppier as the romans started to use them and in some way mm. that's that's one some people and you know, it's all a matter of taste some people prefer the roman version some people prefer the greek the roman ones um tend to be a little more earthy that's a tangent mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. there you go but yes this is the group that that paul's writing to and so it probably, you know, it could be that this um, doxology was a one that people found quite moving in the Roman community. And so was added to the letter, you know, perhaps after Paul was killed by the Romans as a tribute to how much he had led them into the faith. Hmm. That's another, yeah, that's another interesting piece. It could be uh, a, a doxology kind of attached with the intention of it having meaning for Paul. Yeah. Uh, interesting. Huh. Uh, anything more about this uh, three verses from Romans? 
Well, like you said, they're loaded, but we probably should move on. Moving on. Moving on to Luke, uh, chapter 1, verse 26 through 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. And of his kingdom there will be no end, sorry. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has, con has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. Um, I guess my first question is, <clears throat> why would Mary be perplexed by his words? Uh, and pondered uh, what sort of greeting this might be. I mean, all he said was, uh, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. I mean, I, I suppose, I suppose, I you know, if someone were to say such a thing to me, I would be a little perplexed. Mm -hmm. uh, meaning, okay, what do you mean favored one? But it does, I mean, it seems semi-innocuous to me as far as... Um, <laughs> Like okay, all right, favorite. That's that, that's flowery and nice. I appreciate it. Uh, the Lord is with me. Thank you. Also with you. Uh, <laughs> You're like, a hard man to impress. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, I mean, not that I get called favored one often, but um, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it, it doesn't. It's not as though like uh, greetings, uh, holy and righteous. Like it, it's not crazy over the top it just means uh oh favored favored how interesting what do you mean um but to say that she's perplexed may is in my mind almost seems as though she's like dumbfounded like what do you mean um any any insight as to or am i just over overthinking this you're, which is entirely possible you're somewhat overthinking it but the um again going to the greek it's not just favored but it's also favored with grace that okay you know, the holy grace not like oh you move so well um right 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 and so, so there is more to it than kind of what this version conveys yeah and okay yeah it, it again it's one of these biblical stories that we've heard so many times and seen depicted in so many different ways that it's hard for us to enter into it as if it was for the first time. And mm -hmm. I, th I think I'd be pretty frightened out of my wits if an angel suddenly appeared in front of me talking about me. 
Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, um, with the way that it's written here, we know it's an angel, but um, I guess I guess one of the things that's not expressly conveyed, and maybe that's the that that's my hang up here, is it it, it doesn't say. Like, it's not like, uh, it's not written in the same way like Paul gets visited by God, you know? It's not like, a, oh, blinding light uh, and, uh, you know, um, the, or, or words saying something like, the angel appeared before her uh, and she was terrified or scared. No indication that, it, uh, uh, that the angel's presence was, um, um, kind of a supernatural in, in the way he approached her because it says the angel Gabriel was sent to God by God to a town. So it, it kind of sounds like he just kind of rolls up. <laughs> oh, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. He gets into town, wanders around, finds Mary and says, Hey, greetings, favored one. <laughs> it's kind of narratively the way that it's written, uh, or at least translated. Um, but yeah, I mean, if she's like in a locked room and suddenly a, a angel, you know, comes in in a blinding light uh, and says something to her, um, uh, then then that would kind of change the tone. But generally speaking, when that is the occurrence, an angel appears uh, suddenly. Uh, verse thirty is the first thing that is <laughs> said, yeah. as opposed to "hello." <laughs> so yeah, it's usually "hey, wait, wait." Don't be afraid. Don't freak out. Don't hit me with that frying pan. Put it down. <laughs> I have words to convey to you. Well, yeah, and I, <laughs> don't, I think part of it... Don't puncture me with that, that, that pitchfork over there. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have no doubt that part of it is that this shows us that Mary is an extraordinary person. That her, mm-hmm. her sense of the holy being present throughout existence is so developed that her reaction is just trying to figure out what this is going to end up being about rather than experiencing something so extraordinary and thinking it's not possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's one thing to say, oh yeah, angels can talk to anyone. And another thing to say, angels don't talk to anyone anymore. Um, and so for her, she was, she was still open to whatever God was going to be doing in her life. Um, and I don't think she was expecting an angel and I certainly don't think she was expecting this ministry that God was calling her to in this moment. But yeah, her relationship with God was already so strong that it didn't knock her off her feet. She does. if that is true, it she does kind of ask kind of a weird question of of semi disbelief there in thirty four, uh, because the angel says in verse thirty one, "You will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus." And he kind of goes through that, and then she replies and says, "How can this be? Since I'm a virgin." I mean, Gabriel very easily could have then responded like, "I said it will happen." <laughs> I. Not it. I didn't say it happened now, or you're already, you know. Technically, the the language here says it, it's a it's a future event, and she's like, "Hey, wait, how can this be? I I'm 
I haven't, I haven't done this yet. And they're like, yeah, that, that I, I just told you that it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, no, am I wrong? <laughs> you're not wrong. Well, yeah, you're not wrong. Um, but again, you, you're looking at it with a very modern viewpoint. I am. I am. And, I'm intentionally trying to make this funny, and that's admittedly. Um, well, and part of the fun is, I, I was I, I was thinking about that while getting ready for today, and one of the interesting things is that not too many years ago, well, in my lifetime, um, there was quite a bit of discussion about the virgin birth, and mm-hmm. whether or not one believed in it was a a certain level of what kind of Christian you are. And what I've noticed is in in recent years, long years, lots of years, that discussion's not so strong. And I think part of it is our comfort with people now giving birth without having had sex. That, Mm. That we are now very familiar just by reading in newspapers or online or wherever we get news that DNA can be manipulated in such a way that um, it's quite easy to give birth without there being any physical contact between a man and a woman. And so it doesn't Mm -hmm. seem quite so miraculous to us. Whereas in, in the time of Mary, that would have been unheard of. And right. So, I mean, in some ways she was, I think what she was really doing was saying, okay, Am I supposed to have sex with my fiance or am I not? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's an interesting point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so you're going to conceive, you're going to bear a son. Okay. All right. Um, instructions, please. Yeah. Cause <laughs> is it, is it Joseph's son? Is it like you, you know, um, yeah. And you're saying surely, it's the son of the most high. I love Joseph. Right, surely, but I don't think he's the most high. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I don't know if you've. I don't know if you've met my to be husband. Yeah, but he is not there. If we're talking about <laughs> father of the, the the son of the most high. Yeah. Um, should I dump him? Yeah. <laughs> like, should I, mean, I not go through with this? There are some very. I th- I think that was a very practical question she asked. And that, again, yeah, shows that she wasn't overwhelmed by the experience. Because, you know, if it was, if I was in her shoes, it would have been one of those things that half an hour later, I would have slapped myself in the head and said, I should have asked how this was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. She's, yeah, it, it, it's a very good point. She really is asking like roadmap related yeah. questions. Like, so do I turn left at this fork in the road right. or right? Correct. Okay, right. Got yeah. it. Got it. And then the 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 angel gives her a relatively practical answer of um, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, yada, yada, yada. And yeah. um, Yeah. So I I think it was a very practical question that Mary had. Mm -hmm. And she got, she got a relatively practical answer or useful answer. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and the angel even kind of backs up the conversation with a little bit of like, Hey, look, you know, it's not that, out, it's not that outlandish. Just go talk to you, to Elizabeth. Yeah. And you know, this can be done. Right. <laughs> you're, you're, you're young. Of course you can have a child. Elizabeth over here was said to be barren and she's having a child. So, um, 
in a way, you know, hey, yeah, it, it's a uh, you'll be giving birth to the, the son of the Most High, but you know, at least logistically, this makes sense for you. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> verse thirty-seven: for nothing will be impossible with God. The the words of the angel kind of is a summary of what they've been talking about, mm-hmm. and that seems to satisfy Mary. And then thing that a lot of people overlook is verse 38 is Mary saying, okay, I'll do it. Yeah. Um, you know, pe- yeah. Pe- which you know, she could right. have said no. Well, she could have had the same reaction that most everybody does when encountering an angel or um, God himself in the Bible. There's o- o- almost without fail. There's some sort of disbelief, bargaining uh, that goes on. Um, some some try to some sort of reconciliation of like, no, 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 I'm not really worthy. Who am I? Uh, uh, you've got the wrong person. Kind of mm-hmm. kind of thing. Almost every encounter, almost every um, uh, uh, holy and spiritual encounter uh, comes with those things, uh, and. And as you're pointing out, Mary is like, okay, what do I need to do? Got it. I'll do that. That's no problem. Yeah. Got it. And, and <laughs> It makes you wonder if the, if the angel Gabriel was like, wait, really? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, this and, isn't my first rodeo as Gabriel. Uh, uh, but it's I, not. I generally have to do a lot of convincing. <laughs> you see, Luke starts, the Gospel of Luke starts with Gabriel visiting the father of John the Baptist mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. telling him you will have a son and you will name him John. And um, basically John the Baptist can't happen. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> to wit. I'm sorry, Gabriel, you're new here, but uh, that that's not going to work out. And let me tell you the three reasons why. Yeah. And so <laughs> yeah. in response, Gabriel says, well, okay, then you won't be able to speak until these have been fulfilled, which Fortunately, it was just the birth of John rather than the beginning of John's ministry you know, 30 years later or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so so Gabriel was used to people saying, nope, can't happen, not going to participate. Right. Right, right. Yeah, so, it, so yeah, that's... Gabriel could have been a little bit of a, oh, oh, great, okay, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love to imagine that there's more there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like... Are you sure there's not any other questions? Right. No, no, I'm good. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Yep. Yeah. And Give birth to the son of God. Got it. Stay with Joseph. Got it. Stay a virgin. Got it. Can do. Right. I don't know why you men have such a, such a hard time with these instructions. They're really easy. Yeah. And in the Gospel of Matthew, the angelic visitation appears to Joseph. Mm-hmm. And there's some speculation that the, the Mary story was already in circulation. Matthew wanted to add in, okay, what was Joseph's reaction to this? Yeah, just Joseph got one too. Yeah. And, and but <laughs> he the was the man of the house. Surely he he had to be consulted first. Yeah. Well, actually this was second. It was a visitation. Right, 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 right. For him took place after Mary told him. And mm, oh, okay. And he I think the phrase was um depending on the translation, something along long, he resolved to quietly put her away or something like that. He was going to break off the engagement. So gotcha. he didn't believe Mary at all. 
and uh, but didn't want to dishonor her by making it a public problem. Right. Um, right. But yeah, so an angel had to come and you know sit <laughs> sit <laughs> Joseph down, and say, "Look, this is what it is. She was right. She wasn't lying." And he took some convincing. So yes, the men, right? The men around the virgin birth were the ones who needed convincing. Mary was okay. Yeah, got it. We'll yeah. we'll do. I, I I am hard pressed to think of any uh, interactions that go this smoothly. Right. Um, and that's one of the I, I re- think reasons she is so honored in Christian history. Right. Yeah, and in fact, in fact, in in these types of encounters, uh, it, we generally kind of follow along with the wrestling of of um we kind of wrestle with the with the problem along with the main with the character right we kind of like wait serious like you know this uh this nobody from the desert this you know (laughs) this uh son of no one is being called for this Mm -hmm. you know you know you know i'm not even a you know saul's not even a (laughs) a follower a follower at the time yeah uh when he he uh, is is blinded and 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 takes some convincing. I mean, there's like there's almost with I, like I said, I cannot think of a single instance where there is a an appearance of God or an angel to convince someone to do something that goes smoothly, <laughs> except for Mary. And it would be interesting. It'd be interesting. I'm sure someone's done this. I just I'm not recalling it accurately. That typically in the scriptures, women receive news like this and calls to ministry much more gracefully. To purposely use the term from this reading, um, than men do in the scriptures. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to remember how Sarai uh, reacted. She laughed. Abr- Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So okay. So she wasn't. She wasn't scared. She laughed, which I love. You're right. Since I like. Yes, I do too. You poor fool. Yeah. (laughs) You simple idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, it it it, that that is kind of one of those things that that uh, is isn't drawn. uh, It doesn't get uh, enough attention uh, Mm -hmm. as to how. Uh, how faithful Mary is with this news uh, and, and really does set herself apart as, as a result. Um, I mean, obviously, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it, it's definitely buried here. It's not drawn any attention, um, uh, you know, to, to, to the fact that she does, she does. Okay. Got it. I, you know, got my marching orders. I know what needs to be done. I appreciate the honor. Thank you so much. And looking forward to it. <laughs> looking forward to being a part of this team. Thank you. Yeah. For this consideration. Very nice polo shirt you've given me. This is nice. <laughs> right, 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 right. Nice logo. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> good, good branding. Good branding. I'm I'm on board with this. Don't know about this cross <clears throat> thing on here, but we'll see. <laughs> right. I'll we might have time. to talk about we might have to talk about the location uh, of this uh, of this birth, but uh, we'll, we'll have words later. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so that's um, and, and then obviously this is this this uh, reading is chosen um, because it's next is Christmas. Uh, this is yeah. This is uh, the the beginning of the story um, of of the immediate story of uh, of 
of Jesus' birth. This is the, the final setup, the, the final piece. Yeah, um, it, one of the so, interesting things uh, just with this story is that we do celebrate a feast day nine months back from Christmas for when this chronologically would have happened. And mm. it's interesting to, to celebrate that and think, wow, the, now Mary lived with this for nine months. And mm-hmm with this situation and had all those experiences of nurturing the unborn child within her and the, the growing sense perhaps of what was going on um, as, as opposed to having it not more than nine days before Christmas, whatever it will be when it's Sunday. Um, it, it is rushed. <laughs> yeah. 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 It is. It is. Um, Anything else about this? I, I think I feel like that pretty much covers it. Well, I mean, if if people ish. want to talk more about it, it will be the subject of the adult forum on this coming Sunday live Zoom call at ten a.m. Uh, okay, there's my okay. Plan. Nice. Yeah. Yes. Looking, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to facilitating that. Awesome. And anybody who's listened to it has a little bit of a head start. Yeah. Oh, and um, um, the Reverend Kathy Gray is giving the sermon. And so you'll get to hear her take on it, too, um, during the Sunday worship services. Which, as we've said time and time again, will be far more thoughtful. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Without a doubt. Um, But yeah. But yeah, uh, that'll be that'll be good. Um, so with that, I think, uh, we've pretty much, uh, we did all our plugging at the front end. Uh, so, uh, with that, I think we'll just call to close this, your podcast for December 20th, uh, 2020, the fourth Sunday of Advent. Uh, we look forward to worshiping with you. We look very much look forward to our, uh, Christmas week our, and, um, uh, our, our services together with you and fingers crossed, knock on wood, a white Christmas. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, Look forward to uh, uh, um, the, uh, the our last Sunday next week in 2020. Woo-hoo. So, um, yeah, exactly. Uh, so until then, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.